Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Um, my name's Ben, if you don't know me. Um, this is kind of a weird way to introduce myself, but it's all I've got. I start my talks really every way, this, every week the same way at the moment, and that's because I think it's important to kind of uh, just let you know that it's okay to speak out. I think that we're in a cinema, and when you're in a cinema, you get this mentality, don't you? Like, hush, be quiet, don't make any sounds, turn your phone off, notifications off, and all of that. I want to tell you that that doesn't apply today. You can be as noisy as you like, you can speak out. If you're here, you don't, you don't necessarily know why we say this and it might feel foreign. The reason we say it is because if God's doing something in you and you say yes or you say aha or you say come on, what you're actually doing is you're encouraging everyone around you at the same time. And so it takes everything to another level. So you have full permission to do that this morning. Feel free in this cinema today. Good. So um, I was on Thursday at a grow group with some women. It was an all-women's grow group. I felt thoroughly outnumbered. But they were, they were fabulous and they were so friendly and they were so kind. And we just had the most encouraging evening. And they were asking me loads of questions about myself. And one of the questions they asked me was how I became a Christian. And to be honest, it's too big an answer to give to you right now today. But it made me think of the night when I made that decision. And I was in my bedroom all alone. And I was just kind of thinking about my life. I was kind of, I got all deep and reflective. I think I'd maybe been smoking something and I started to, to really, really think about everything that was happening. And um, I started to think about all of my relationships and my girlfriends. And I started to think about my, my money situation. I started to think about the stuff that I'd been smoking. And everything I thought about, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I living this way? And, and where is this pointing me? Where is this taking me? And this question popped into my head, and it's, it's kind of quite a deep question to be thinking about at 2 a.m. in the morning. And the question was, what's the point of you? Like I asked myself, what's the point of you? Why do you deserve to be here? Why are you taking up that oxygen that somebody else could have been breathing? Like, what's the point of you? And that question, it itched and it niggled. And that question was the question that then provoked me to look further than my life. Uh, and it led me to a prayer which meant that I started following Jesus. And today I want to start super deep. And I want to start by asking you that question. What's the point of you? Why are you here? What are you doing with your life? And I, and I also want to follow up with the second question, which is, if you were to show me your diary of the last seven days, could I tell you what the point of you is? Would I be able to know your focus by the way that you are focused? So really the two questions are, what's the point of you and how are you doing at it? I'm going to show a video to start and I just want you to think about that question while we're showing this video. And this video, it blew my mind when I watched it. It's basically some guy who gets some sunlight and reflects it in a mirror and the results are unreal. So let's just watch the screen and have a think. I'm pointing at it. <laughs> That is epic. It's so cool. I love this idea. Because I wonder if you're here today and you're thinking, I want a deeper encounter with God. Or you're here today and you're thinking, I want a greater anointing. 
And the reality is that God is already all around you. What you actually need is a greater focus. There's nothing on earth that can withstand the focus of that light. What if God is already around you? What if everything that you need in your life is already there? And you just need to learn how to focus it. I think that focus is powerful. I've come to believe that the relationships don't end because of a lack of love, but because of a change in your focus. When you first start dating someone, you're all over them. You're, you're completely focused on that person every minute of the day and then, and then something shifts. And if the focus shifts too far, that's when you grow apart. Do you remember your job when you started it and you were just happy to get a paycheck? What your job didn't change. Your focus changed. Focus is powerful. And the problem is, I think, that we live in this world just absolutely full of distractions. Every single day, notifications. It's like, well, even as I'm speaking, I've got things buzzing on my wrist. It's madness. I should take it off. <laughs> notifications all around us, distractions everywhere we go. And, and maybe your life is just like a whirlwind. And you're like, yeah, but you don't realize I've got to juggle all of these different things. And when you reflect and you look back, you're like, I'd love to have focus. But it's just not real. It's just not possible. Um, Rob, can I borrow these? Thank you. Oh wow, you really need these. You should definitely get your vision checked. Some of us, it's like we walk around life like this. It's like, I kind of know God is there, but he's blurry. I know that there's a point to my life, but it's, it's not in focus. And, and you walk around and it's like, you kind of head somewhere and sometimes you, you, kind, of you kind of probably bump into some things. And, and the reality is when you've got vision this bad, Rob, <laughs> like if somebody said something, I would totally be distracted in every direction as I'm trying to get through my life because I'm wearing glasses that aren't meant for me. God does not intend you to live life out of focus. And today I want, I want you to change those glasses up. I want to ask God that he's going to come into your life and he's going to change those lenses, that you're going to see your life clearly. You're going to see your God clearly. You're going to see your purpose clearly. Does anybody today want some greater focus in their life? Amazing. We are going to look at a story, a story of a king called Josiah. And the story, uh, it, I'll be honest with you up front, it really annoys me. It winds me up. It's a little bit like La La Land. It just ends all wrong. It doesn't go how it's supposed to. And it grates me. And, and this story is going to serve today for us as a little bit of a warning. A warning about what life is like when you don't get your focus straight. You see, Josiah was a king at the age of eight He's like the original Macaulay Culkin. He came into his own. Everyone knew who he was. And then by the time that he turned 16, he met God. And he said, I want to focus my entire life around God. And then he turned 20 and he said, it's not just good enough that my life is focused around God. I want to transform everything that's under my rule. And, and he started to purify the country. And when we look back, it's not just like idols aren't just like beautiful statues that are on the shelves. It was like the practices that went alongside these idols were horrific. Child sacrifice, 
people being treated in awful ways, like orgies, like all sorts, everything you can imagine, it was like was happening at this time. And he's like, I'm gonna purify this whole country. And he does that for six years. And then at 26 years old, he says, do you know what I'm gonna do next? I'm gonna rebuild the temple. The temple that was destroyed, I'm gonna rebuild it. And when they're rebuilding it, they find the Torah. The Torah is like the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is Abraham, this is Adam and Eve, this is Isaac, this is Jacob, this is Joseph, this is Moses. All of these stories, this is the Ten Commandments. This is the history of Israel coming out of slavery. This is every single way of life that they had to teach them how to be a free people. They'd lost it and he found it. In fact, the reason why we have these books today is thanks to Josiah. Josiah's epic. And then he says, we're now gonna live by this. And they start following these customs and following these practices. And he just does this amazing job. And then we get to 2 Chronicles chapter 35. Have a look for it in your Bible if you've got it. Don't rely on the screen. Make notes in your Bible. It's so much better to have one on paper. And it says this, verse 20. After Josiah had finished restoring the temple. I'm gonna just stop there. That's as far as I want to get into this. After Josiah had finished restoring the temple. I read that verse and I'm like, what, like the next day? After he's restored the temple, then this happens? Or maybe the next week, maybe the next year? That word after represents 13 years of his life. And it's like, well, what happened? In his early years, it was like he was going for it. He was focused one thing after nothing. And then 13 years go by. And again, it's a little bit like Macaulay Culkin. Where is he? He's turning up at clickbait at the bottom of websites. Check out what Josiah looks like now. You won't believe it. He's gone missing. And there's this sense in which everything good in his life is in the past. That his life is looking backwards. That the biggest victories are all behind him. And that's a problem. When I was at school, I loved sports. But between you and me, I wasn't that good. Don't tell anyone. I loved football, but I didn't have the skills, so they put me in right back. That's only one better than left back. I liked rugby, but I wasn't big, so I couldn't go in the scrum. I wasn't fast, so I couldn't go on the wing. They made me the fly half. Got to kick a ball like three times in a match. That was it. That was my job. Just kick it and then go home. I wasn't that good. And then one day the teacher said to me, hey, Ben, I reckon you could do well on the cross-country team. And I was like, this is it. This is it. I might not be fast, but I can run for days. I'm like Forrest Gump. I just keep on going. So I was like, let's do this. I'm going to go. And so I got involved on this cross-country team, and I loved it. And the, the teacher taught me two things. The first thing he taught me was once you've started running, never stop running until you get to the end of the race. It doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. It doesn't matter how slow you go. Like You can run like this. That's okay. But don't stop. He said, because when you stop, your muscles seize up, the, the chemicals in your body change, and your body starts to shut down, and it's really hard to start running again when you stop. So it doesn't matter what happens. Keep your eyes at the end. You keep running till you get to the end. Second thing he taught me. He said, if you're winning, which I never was, if you're in first place, the biggest mistake of first place is when you've got the end, and you're looking towards it, and you start looking back at who's behind you. 
You start worrying more about who's in second place than you get into the end of your race. And he says, it's impossible to run at full speed forwards when you're looking backwards. And he said, one of the most common problems in running is the guy in first place turns around and then the guy in second place takes the victory. I want to tell you that you cannot lead a victorious life moving forward if your focus is always on what's behind you. You know, some of you, you're here today and you're like, you're so focused on what's in the past. That opportunity that came around and you missed. I want to tell you, fix your focus forwards. That there are greater opportunities ahead. I love the way that Philippians writes this. Philippians 3 verse 13 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Do you know what that's the beauty of Christianity is that your past can be in the past. It doesn't have to destroy your present. That hurt that you've experienced before, it doesn't have to change your entire life because you can fix your focus forward. What God has got ahead of you is greater than anything that's happened before. You might be here today, you might be heading towards retirement. I believe your retirement is going to change this world. Fix your focus forwards. God has got more ahead of you yet. And that was just the first half of the first verse. So then verse 2, no not verse 2, verse 21. King Nico sent messengers to Josiah. I missed a bit. I'm going to go back. King Nico of Egypt led his army up from Egypt to do battle at Carchemish on the Euphrates River. And Josiah and his armies marched out to fight him. But King Nico sent messengers to Josiah with this message. What do you want with me, king of Judah? I've no quarrel with you today. I'm on my way to fight another nation. And God has told me to hurry. Don't interfere with God who's with me or he will destroy you. But Josiah refused to listen to Nico, to whom God had indeed spoken. He would not turn back. Instead, he disguised himself and led his army into battle on the plain of Megiddo. What's happened to you, Josiah? What's going on in your head? Where are you up to? What, where's your focus gone? It's like his whole life has changed. There's a man called Warren Beatty. He's the a fourth richest guy in the world. And he was interviewed recently. And the interviewer said, if you, could, if you could condense all of your lessons, if you can condense everything that you know into one, one lesson for us, into one principle, what would it be? And he said, every day I get hundreds and hundreds of opportunities. And for every one that I say yes to, I say no to 99. Focus isn't about saying yes more, it's about saying no more. The masterwork of focus is the word no. So often we're there and we just get completely distracted. We get distracted by good things. You know, I love a good lion. I love a good lion. But is that lion distracting me from what God wants to do in church on a Sunday morning? You know, it's like there's good things in our life and there's God things in our life. And don't mistake the two. You need to learn to say no to that opportunity. You need to learn to say no to a blessing because you're focused and you know what God has for you and you know where you're going. And so you can say no to anything because you know that what God has got ahead of you is greater than what's behind. So you're not going to be distracted. Do you know, I don't know why Josiah was distracted, but I've got a couple of ideas. And the first one goes like this. But Ben, but, but Ben, but Ben, I love it. 
I love it, Ben. You don't understand. I don't just like golf. I'm like Tiger Woods. I love it. I, d I, don't, just, I don't just like this thing. I love it. And, and you know how the Bible tells me that I should pursue my dreams? You know that the Bible tells me that I should be happy? I love it, Ben. Doesn't it tell me that if I can just see it, I can believe it, I can do it? I can believe I can fly? That's in the Bible, isn't it? But I love it, Ben. And, and there's this problem, this mistake, which is what I call the but I love it mistake. You see, when I was young, I just wanted to be Kurt Cobain. I'll be honest with you. We've got this kind of relationship. It's all coming out. I want, I'm still kind of a little bit there. And so I learned how to play and how to tune guitar. I even tried it left-handed for a while. It didn't work. I started to sing slightly out of key, a bit whingy. And then I met Jesus and I was like, oh man, I could, I could funnel this Kurt Cobain love into worship. And I started getting involved in worship and I'd sing in a lovely whining voice. And I'd get into it. And one day I was leading worship and I realized that every single time I was leading worship, nobody was asking me to speak. I loved leading worship, I loved the music, but was it why God had put me on this planet? Was it what he called me to do? And I found that people started to get more interested in my introductions. The way that I described the song was getting them more excited than when I actually opened my voice to sing, which is probably a fair reflection. But I wanna tell you that just because you love something doesn't mean it's your purpose. You know, it doesn't mean that's what your calling is. Don't make your hobby the central thing in your life. Find what God is calling you to do. But Ben, uh, but Ben, but Ben, you don't understand. It drives me mental. It, it ticks all of, uh, it, it, I just, I can't not say something about this. I can't just drive by and not do so. But Ben, this just drives me angry. And the second mistake that we make is one that I call the, but it drives me angry. It drives me crazy mistake. And I see some of you doing this every single day on Facebook. But I can't just not comment. I can't just not say something. I can't just let it go like, this thing is wrong. And I need to make a stand. Because it's driving me mad. It's like these mosquitoes in the room and you're like, I can't focus on anything else until I deal and I swat this fly. There's a story in the Bible of Peter and, and he retaliates against a soldier. And he gets a knife and he cuts the guy's ear off. Because the guy was attacking Jesus. The guy was going to hurt Jesus and he retaliates. And you know what Jesus does? He walks over and he picks up the ear. And he puts it back on the guy's head. <laughs> I was going to say ear. And he turns to Peter and he says, that's not how we do it. That's not how we're called to fight battles. Some of us sitting here, we've got a collection of ears. They don't belong to us. <laughs> That's too weird. But I want to tell you that when you do that, that person who you've just cut their ear off metaphorically, they're there and they're like, well, I always knew this about you. I always thought you were that kind of person. Now you've just proved it. I always thought Christians were judgmental. Now I know. I always thought that there was something off. And now you've just shown me and I can prove it because I've only got one ear left. 
You know, if you win a fight and you lose a relationship, that's a counterfeit victory. But Ben, but Ben, but Ben, but like my dad told me to do it. My dad told me I was always going to grow up and do this. But Ben, you don't know how long it takes to train to be a doctor. I've spent years investing in this. But Ben, I've been practicing this since I was a kid. I, I've, been, I've been doing these moves. I've been doing kicky uppies all my life. But Ben, and this is the third mistake that we make. I call it the, but my dad told me to do it mistake. That there are people in our lives who love us and who want it the best for us and they encourage us uh, and often for good reasons, but they might accidentally not be pointing you towards your call. That you might have spent years of your life investing in one direction and it will never bring you happiness, it will never bring you fulfillment because it's not God's path for you. And you need to be brave enough and you need to be bold and you need to be courageous and say, I'm actually going to turn my back on this to pursue God. And if you don't know what the pursuit of God looks like for you, if you don't know your calling in your life, I want to encourage you to get on the formation course. That's why we wrote this course. I mean, it's amazing for people who've just met Jesus. But I believe every single one of us, we need to have a crystal clear focus on where we're heading so that we can deny the distractions. Otherwise, how will you know? How will you know? Let's finish this story, hey? Verse 23, but the enemy archers hit King Josiah with their arrows and they wounded him. He cried out to his men, take me from the battle for I am badly wounded. So they lifted Josiah out of his chariot and they placed him in another chariot and they brought him back to Jerusalem where he died. And he was buried there in the royal cemetery and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for him. And if you keep on reading the story, what you just see is, is damage after damage after damage. It is the next generation suffers and the temple is knocked back down and their whole way of life is broken. The collateral damage of an unfocused life is phenomenal. The fallout is painful. I was reading this verse just the other day. It's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, and it says, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Do you know what the most cultural statement in today's society is? It's not about you. Some of you need to hear that, it's not about you. You know, in life, all the advertisers will tell you something different. It is about you, have it your way, do it what you want. You're worth it. Maybe you are. But it's not about you. The Bible tells us when you take your focus off you and put it onto the Father, you find God and you find you. That you need to learn how to forget yourself so that you can focus on the Father. Albert Einstein says that a problem cannot be solved in the same plane that it was created. I believe that's true. Practical problems that we see today can only be solved on a supernatural level. We need to learn to focus on the Father. When we focus on the Father, it doesn't just change the environment, it charges the environment. What if everything you needed was in the Father? 
and you just needed to change your focus. My favorite chapter of the Bible, 2 Chronicles, not 2 Chronicles, 2 Corinthians 3. And I was reading it in the New King James Version this week. And it says this, We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know what you focus on? It changes you. What you focus on changes you. If you focus on the problems, that changes you. You know the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day? How many of those are focused on the negative? How many of those are focused on the wrong thing? What you focus on changes you. But here's the thing that I love most about that verse. I love that verse having just seen the video at the beginning. You know the video of the mirror and all of that light being focused in a single direction. And I believe that if we can focus our lives, we'll see so much more. But what I also believe is that when you focus on the Father, He focuses on you. That that center that can melt anything on the planet is powerful enough to transform any aspect of your life. That God's focus can change everything. It can give you hope where you've got none. It can give you solutions where there were none. That that dream that you have, it will only come about when your focus is on the Father. You know, it doesn't matter if you're on a bus. It doesn't matter if you're in a school. It doesn't matter if you're in the perfect job, if you're in a boardroom, if you're in McDonald's. What if you realized that you're surrounded by God's presence? In the middle of that argument, what if you realized you're surrounded by the presence of your Father? What if you realized in that moment of hurt, that moment of pain, that you're surrounded by the presence of the Father? And if you take your focus and you focus it on your Father, that all of that glory, all of that power, is focused on you. So what's the point of you? Why are you here? What, what are you trying to achieve in your life? And, and if you actually looked at your life, would you actually be able to tell? How focused are you? Focus is one of the most powerful tools you have because God is already working. You know, when I read this story, I can't help but think of another story about another child who was a king. And that child grew up and that child started to change the way that people thought. That child pointed back at the law and he gave it a new meaning. And he told people, this is a way that you can live your life in a way that it means to be free. This is a way that you can live life to the fullest. And this child grew up a king. And he had a battle. And he fought that battle. And he died as well. But this king was so different. You see, the night before this king fought that battle, 
he was standing in the, the garden of Gethsemane and he was praying. And do you know what the words he said were? He said, not my will, but yours, my father. His focus was not on himself. His focus was all on the father. And he said, you can use my life. I don't want any distractions. I don't want anything getting in the way of what God has for me. I want to push hard. I want to go the full way. I don't want to be racing, looking backwards, but I want to trust that God has got even greater things ahead. That king's name was Jesus. And the next day he fought and he died and everyone thought, oh, this has gone wrong. This didn't work out. But then he rose again. And you know what? That changes everything. Yes, we should get excited that Jesus rose again because that's, that has absolutely changed everything in my life and it's changed everything in your life as well. I was listening to a song this week and it says the resurrected God is resurrecting me. You know, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what your situations look like. But if you focus on God, He will turn darkness to light. He will fer- turn death to life. And I believe that he wants to do that in your life. I'm going to just ask everyone to close their eyes for a minute and bow their heads. Because you might be here and you might have, have never known this God. And maybe some of the things that I'm saying, you're like, I didn't even know that God was like that. I always thought that God was judgmental. I didn't think he cared about my life. I didn't think he knew me. I want to tell you, he knows you. He knows everything that you've done and He knows everything that you're going to do. He knows you intimately and His focus is on you. And if you turn your focus to Him, it changes everything. That was what I learned that night in my bedroom. That was what changed it for me. And I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision today, to say, I need to change my glasses right now. I don't want to look through these lenses anymore. I need to choose Jesus. And if you're here, you want to make that decision. It could be a first time thing for you. Or maybe you made it years ago. But God hasn't changed. Your focus has. And you want to say today, I want to put him back in focus. I'm going to count to three I'm just going to ask you to raise a hand wherever you are. As you raise it, someone from the welcome team is going to come round. They're going to give you a present. They're going to give you a book and they're going to pray with you. One, God loves you. He loves you so much. Two, you've sinned. And all that means is that you've done things to distance yourself from God. But God wasn't happy to leave you distant. That's why he sent his son Jesus. So that you didn't have to be apart from God. So you could get that focus back. Three, you have a choice to make. If you want to choose today to follow Jesus, wherever you are, just raise your hand with me. Praise God. Anybody else, just raise your hand wherever you are. To say, today I want to take off these glasses. I want to focus on Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.